Hi friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm TJ. And I'm Courtney. And welcome to another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. Woo! Very long woo. Courtney, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Atlantis, the lost empire. <laughs> she had to look at her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> well, last week I said the last empire. It's, it's not it's, the last empire. No. It's the lost empire. That's right. That's right. It's a super fun movie from the early 2000s, 2001 to be exact, which is my sweet spot because this is a movie that I grew up watching. I liked it a lot. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about the series, or not the series, but the uh, this month in the movies? Well, this month is your birthday. Yeah. So I let you pick all the movies. Yep. Yeah. So this is your movie you wanted? This is the one I wanted to start with. Yeah. So I'm going to be more. I'm not excited about I'm going to be more enthused this month. We'll talk more about the other movies we're doing, but um, a lot of the movies we picked this month are movies from my childhood that I really enjoy watching. So. Those movies that he enjoys in general. Yes, that is very, very true. Well, without further ado, um, my dear, why don't you take us into a plot summary? Okay. In 6800 BC, an explosion sends a tsunami towards the city of Atlantis, leaving behind her husband, the king. And their daughter, Princess Kita, the Queen of Atlantis, merges with a floating crystal, creating a protective dome over the city's innermost district, which sinks beneath the waves. Yes. 8,714 years later, in 1914, Marlo Thatch, a budding Smithsonian Institution linguist and cartographer, ostracized for his dream of finding Atlantis, is introduced by Helga Sinclair to eccentric millionaire Preston B. Whitmore, an old friend of Milo's late grandfather Thaddeus, who um, Milo was unaware existed. Um, he was unexist. He was unaware that Whitmore, Whitmore existed. existed. He didn't realize that him and Thaddeus were that close. Yeah, actually, I mean, we'll talk about this more. But Thaddeus and uh, Milo were very close. Um, his grandfather actually raised him like a parent, yeah. so they were very, very close. Whitmore reveals that um, he made a bet with Milo's grandfather to fund an expedition to Atlantis, which Milo is to join. Whitmore gives Milo the Shepherd's Journal, a book describing the history and path to Atlantis. The expedition is headed by Commander Rourke. And includes his second-in-command, Helga, demolitions expert Vinny, geologist Molier, medical officer Dr. Sweet, head mechanic Audrey, radio operator Mrs. Packard, and chef Cookie, and dozens of soldiers and sailors. Their submarine, the Ulysses, is attacked and destroyed by a mechanical leviathan guarding the entrance to Atlantis, leaving only a handful of survivors. And follow, uh, oh, sorry, only a handful of survivors. Following the journal, they travel through a dormant volcano and eventually arrive at Atlantis, where they are met by the still young princess Kita. Now, with the following the journal thing, Milo's the only one who can read it, so he's using it's kind of like a map, and he's like leading them to. Yeah, because he's like studied Atlantis and Atlantean. I think is what they call their language. Yes. Um, like his whole life. Um, against her father's wishes, Kita enlists Milo to help Atlantis regain its glory as its culture and knowledge have been decaying for centuries. Milo learns that a huge crystal, the heart of Atlantis, gives the people longevity and once powered their devices via smaller crystals they all wear. He also discovers that Rourke and the rest of the crew have known all along of the heart and use the expedition as part of work secret plan to steal and sell it, leaving Atlantis to slowly decay. When the king refuses to reveal the heart's location, work fatally punches him. Work eventually finds the heart himself. Sensing the threat, the giant crystal merges with Kida. Um, Rourke imprisons her in a crate, whereupon Milo convinces the crew to turn on Rourke, unwilling to be party to an innocent people to an innocent people's Extinction. Um, Rourke, Helga, and the soldiers start for the surface when Kita 
or with Kida and destroy the bridge to trap the others behind. The dying king gives Milo his own crystal, explaining that he had tried to weaponize the heart, which caused the caused the prior explosion and the fate of his wife. He says the heart selects a royal host when the city is in danger and begs Milo to save Atlantis and Kida, who will be lost to the heart forever if not separated from it in time. Yes. Milo and his friends rally the Atlanteans to reactivate their flying machines and pursue the mercenaries. Um, They defeat Rourke's men, but Rourke and Helga attempt to escape with Kida. Um, Rourke betrays Helga and throws her to her death. As she dies, she shoots and damages the airship containing Kida's crate and the fighting Rourke and Milo. As the airship burns, Milo slashes Rourke with a crystal, charges a shard of glass, turning Rourke into a crystal monster who is shattered and killed by the ship's propellers. The airship awakens the volcano as it crash lands. Milo and the rest flee back to Atlantis with Kida who still merged with the heart, rises into the sky and awakens ancient stone guardians. These rise from the flood portion of it, flooded portion of Atlanta, Atlantis, Atlanta, Atlantis creating a dome <laughs> to protect it from the lava flow. Atlanta, Atlantis, very different things. Um, once the danger is neutralized, the, the heart returns um, Kita alive to Milo. Milo elects to sit day in Atlantis with Kita, who, with whom he has fallen in love. The crew returns to the surface, each gifted with a small Atlantean crystal and a portion of treasure. What more reviews photographs of the adventure taken by Mrs. Packard, but makes the other swear to secrecy to preserve Atlantis' safety. Um, Whitmore also reveals his own Atlantean crystal and closed with a heart in a heartwarming note from Milo. Meanwhile, back at Atlantis, Milo and Kita honor her late father by orbiting a carved stone of him, along with those of other past kings um, around the heart of Atlanta as it once again hovers above the newly restored city. Yes, that's the way it ends. Yes. Awesome. Um, super fun movie. Story is really complex, actually. Um, lots of uh, lots of moving parts, a lot of historical things, um, lots of dates and stuff like that. Um, Atlantis is a city, that, so it says at the beginning of the movie, that was actually written about um, I think by Plato. Um, let me see if I can find that. He wrote about it. Hold on. Sorry, I should have been more. Yeah, Atlantis Plato quote. Here we go. Um, yes, he talks about... Um, what's the year? Hold on. I think it's still BC. It's still before. Yeah, it's still BC. It says, he says, now in this island of Atlantis, there was a great and wonderful empire which had rule over the whole island and several others in other parts of the continent. And furthermore, the mid of Atlantis had subjected the parts of Libya within the columns of Hercules, uh, Heracles, sorry, as far as Egypt, and of Europe as far as Tyrrhenia. This vast power gathered into one endeavored to subdue at a blow our country and yours and the whole of the region within the straits. And then Solon, your country, shone forth in the excellence of their virtue and strength among all mankind. Um, so Plato wrote about Atlantis. Um, I'm trying to see the year, but anyways, it said it was sometimes like 360 BC or something like that, but super cool. There's like historical implications to this movie. Um, I thought that was super interesting. Uh, Courtney, what were your initial thoughts? Had you seen this movie before? I had not seen this movie before. I was not excited about it, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't enjoy Robin Hood, and this was more enjoyable than Robin Hood, but it's not, like, tangled, you know? Well, yeah. It's not top tier. It's not bottom tier. It's pretty mid. It's mid? It's mid. This movie's not mid, Courtney. It's mid. Okay. Maybe to you. 
Five out of ten. I'm going to unplug your microphone and do this episode. Also. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, I love this movie. This is one of my favorites. So this falls in the same category of four different movies for me. So it's not as good as like Lion King and things like that. From my childhood and Toy Story from, from my childhood growing up, there's four movies that are animated. I'll throw five movies and they're animated in a very similar, I'm sorry, six movies. <laughs> very similar style. Um, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Atlantis, Treasure Planet, Beauty and the Beast, and um, Aladdin. Those are six movies that I watched like all the time growing up. Um, Atlantis and Treasure Planet are two movies that I feel like are outliers. Not a lot of people talk about them, but I really like them both a lot. Um, and Atlantis is one of those movies that I just have always enjoyed. I really enjoyed watching it last night. I love all the characters, which we're going to talk about at length. Um, there's just so many that come together and make the movie great. Um, I like the storyline. I like the animation. I like the way that everything is just so adventurous. I, yeah. I like the excitement behind the movie. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's go ahead and do characters. Um, okay. I'm excited to hear what yours going to be. We actually haven't talked about this. Sometimes we talk about it before, but we haven't. So what is your favorite character? Who did you like the most? I really enjoyed Dr. Sweet, mm-hmm. Cookie, Milo, and Kita, and even the King. I think those are like my favorite okay. characters throughout the movie. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like I that. Just, I feel like Cookie and Dr. Sweet, even though they were like henchmen in the in the original plan, you know, um, they never like had an evil thing about them. They were just like, oh, if we can do this and get money, cool. But like as soon as someone got hurt, like Dr. Sweet didn't even appreciate that Rourke like punch the king you know what I mean like he was like yeah this is not okay no and Cookie's yeah. just trying to make every, every make sure everyone's bad you know what I mean yeah in, well, I, in gross fashion yeah in gross fashion I would throw everybody in that with that um, they they all knew that they were going there for money like uh, Vinny um, um, oh my gosh the mole guy he's so funny um, I think they literally call him mole they do call him mole um, well it's like as far as I remember I mean obviously I've only Audrey, watched it the mechanic sorry yeah um, I've only seen it once, but like at the end, when like they're deciding who's staying and who's going, I feel like I don't even remember Doctor Sweet being there because he's still tending to the king. At the very, very end. Yeah. No, at this point, the king had died, and his um. No. Oh yes, you're right. He wasn't. You're right. Because then Milo has to go talk to him, Milo's and he's still after- tending. Yes. So Dr. Sweet is still up there. So he didn't even entertain the idea of like ever leaving the king. He just wanted to make sure that king yes. was okay. Yes. And so like I think for that, like I really No, that was really cool. I agree with you. I, I really think- like him. I like Milo. I love Kita. I don't know. Miss Packard is funny. No, I love that. I love that. She's a lot of the comedic relief in this. Yeah, who, who who did you say? Miss Packard. Oh, she's the old amazing. Lady I love her. Yeah. yeah, I love her. Yeah, she's great. Um, my favorite character overall is Milo, but I really like the uh, demolitions guy, Vinny. He's so funny to me. Like when he tells his like story oh, of like I he's like about Vinny. he's like why did you like get into explosives? He's like me, and my family used to own flower shop. One day, gas nine blow up on building next door, and then I just become obsessed with explosives. He's like this Russian guy. Yeah. He's so funny to me. Um, I almost I love the ens- ensemble of those five. I love um, Vinny Mole. Audrey the mechanic. I actually really like her a lot. She might be one of my favorite characters too. She is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Mr. Dr. Sweet. Um, Packard, the the lady that smokes a lot, mm-hmm. and Cookie. All of them together, like they add like this depth to the movie, and they're just so funny, but they're so relatable. Um, really, really cool. 
Do you think her name is Packer because she smokes a lot of packs? It's possible. I just think my my like the goaded scene of her is like she's been like she's got that classic like nineteen like nineteen fifteen or whatever operator like early nineteen hundreds operator like smoking a cigarette and like patching people through on the phone line, but also having her own conversations about like with her friend back home. Yeah, and then and then, and then they're like like Packer, we have to go because like the ship's crashing, and she she's like I think I forget her name, but I think the person she's talking to name was Beverly, but it could be I could be totally wrong. But anyway, she's I will say Beverly for the sake of time, and she says um, Beverly. Um, I'm gonna have to call you back. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> and then gets, like gets on a submarine yeah. and like goes away. It's so funny to me. She was uh, honestly very, very, um, very underrated. I feel like like she was really funny. And then I love Kita, the like the main like the the Pocahontas ish character of the movie. Um, yeah, she was awesome. Like the way she was played and stuff. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I really enjoy how. Some of their names, like, play to who they are. Yeah, like Mole. Like Mole, Mrs. Packer, Dr. Sweet, even, like, Cookie a little bit because he is, like, this sweet old man who just wants to feed everyone, you know what I mean? He was really sweet, too. But they don't do that to everyone because if they did that to everyone, it'd be so cheesy and be, it would be so annoying. Cheesy. Like Vinny. I like that his name is Vinny, but it still fits a demolitions expert. Yeah. My name's Vinny. I'd blow things up. You know what I mean? Audrey. I thought it was a cool name, though, for a mechanic. Yeah. And then you get to feel like these little stories from them, right? And so it's yeah. like like Audrey tells her story because you're getting to know everybody. Milo tells them his. And they go, that first time they invite him over the fire. Because, by the way, I think this came out a little bit. He was an outcast at the beginning of the expedition. Everyone thought he was weird and nerdy. And then they're sitting yeah. around the fire about midway through the movie. And they all decide. I think it was Dr. Sweet was like, we need to cut the kid a break. Like, let's yeah. have him come over and eat with us. And, yeah. and they all agree. And he comes over. And then they end up telling each other stories. And then even Audrey's like, well, my dad, you know, owned a mechanic shop. He wanted two sons. He wanted one to help him run the shop and wanted to go be a boxer and then she's like and he's like well obviously you're running the shop what does your sister do and she's like oh she's she's in the title fight next week like her, her like her her sister became a like a boxer like it was really really cool yeah yeah what? nothing <laughs> yeah i can tell um but yeah it was super cool the way their stories played out like vinnie's with the whole demolition thing mole like his obsession with like when he first meets milo and milo lays in the bed and he had all these piles of dirt in the bed like what a weird he is really strange um here's your least favorite character this one's pretty much a slam dunk but Rourke yeah he's the worst Helga I think is worse than him I agree with you she bugs me more than he does I don't know what it is about her I don't appreciate when people think they can use seductiveness to manipulate people Mm -hmm. and even though it wasn't like right out seductiveness she had that when she first met him, she had that dress off the shoulder. She's making all these weird moves. Yeah. Being like weird with him. I don't know. I just didn't appreciate it. I, I agree don't, with you. I don't appreciate that kind of manipulation. I don't appreciate manipulation in general. But like this is why people like her in real life are just, this is why people take it. I don't know. Yes. I, I, I feel like bad saying this. I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. Don't manipulate people. Don't use your sexuality and seductiveness to manipulate people. It's not okay. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, TJ. Um, sorry. I want to talk a little bit more about characters when we move on because I just thought about Cookie. I was reading the thing. 
So the thing about Cookie that's really funny is, is like he's like modeled after like the old Western like wagon um, cooks. Like when he says like there's only four food groups, and he's like uh, uh, meat, uh, lard, whiskey, and like something bread, potatoes or something like that. It's like bacon, lard, whiskey, and something else. Like potatoes or bread or something like that. No, neither. I don't know what they are, but they're none of those. Yeah, but anyways, they he's like, what is this stuff? He's got like basil and they got vegetables. They're like cilantro. cilantro. He doesn't even know how to say cilantro. It's al- yeah, it's so funny. Um, I just thought it was really, really cool the way they put all the characters together. It was super funny to me. Um, my least favorite character also is Rourke, and um, um, her name is Helga. Yeah. Yeah, she was my least favorite too. Definitely super, super, super annoying. Okay. Um, anything else? Car- oh, wait, work. That's who I want to talk to you about. Yes. He is awesome. I remember he, he made such an impression at the beginning of the movie that I was like, oh, I forgot he doesn't go on the expedition with him. And Courtney was like, oh man, he doesn't go. Cause he was so funny when you first meet him. Yeah. Cause Helga's like, don't talk to unless spoken to. Yeah. Don't sit down unless he asks you to like, here's all these rules. Mm-hmm. And then he's like in the corner doing yoga and has his body all twisted. Yeah. And, and he's has super him like nice. shake his foot. Yeah. And it's like. What is happening? And he also cares a lot about Milo, even though he hasn't met Milo before, because like he understands how much Milo meant to Thaddeus, who was like his best friend. Yeah. Um, which was really, really, really cool. Um, Whitworth, definitely a great character. Wish we could have seen him more, honestly. Yeah. Definitely wish we could have seen him more. Any more thing about characters? No. All right, cool. What was your favorite scene? I think at the end when they're showing like Atlantis in its fullness with like the guardian still on the outside. Yeah. The king heads like circling, protecting the heart. Like, and you just see the complete landscape of like the restored Atlantis. Yeah. It was really beautiful. That's awesome. I, I agree with you. The ending scene was really pretty to me too. I think I like all the scenes in Atlantis because of how pretty it is. Um, I think I have multiple scenes that I, I could deem is my favorite i really like the scenes where um him and kita are like exploring and figuring out like the language of the book and like that the key does like turns the vehicles on and things like that like yeah i like that a lot yeah and, like they climb up and they look um i also really like the scene though because i love scenes like this in movies where like because the adventure's starting and it just makes me excited when they're all boarding the ulysses that big ship and then you're meeting everyone ulysses. Ulysses. ulysses ulysses you're right my bad um ulysses Ulysses. Ulysses. Well, it's probably not Ulysses. Ulysses. No. I just, it just makes me think of Ulysses S. Grant. Well, his, but, name, his name is pronounced Ulysses. Oh, well, screw you. That's how I say it. Ulysses. I've always said it Ulysses. I mean, you could be right. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm right. I've always said it U- Ulysses. Um, I was homeschooled, so I learned words by reading them. So I don't, I never heard people say them out loud. So I could always be wrong with my pronunciation. However, um, fun fact I've always learned this and said this. You should never make fun of someone who uses a word in the right context but mispronounces it. It means that that person learned that word from reading, which means that they have the intelligence to understand what the word means. They just never heard the word said out loud. Okay, please hold. Okay. Ulysses. Ulysses. So we were both wrong. Ulysses. Ulysses. That's how. Ulysses. Ulysses. (laughs) My name's Ulysses. (laughs) Just call me you for sure. Ulysses. 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 I think that's what I was trying to say. I think we were both Ulysses. Like not Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah. I, that's what I think I was trying to say. Okay, we were both partially right because I said Ulysses. So I'm I, right here. I, I, okay, Courtney, you can be right here. I don't really care. Um, 
Anyways, um, that moment when they're all boarding the ship together, like that event, like the adventure starting, I, it just makes me excited. I know it's like the most, I know it's not the best scene in the movie, but I think it might be my favorite because I just like the, the adventure starting and I feel excited and I'm like ready to see what's going to happen. I don't know. I think it's my favorite scene when they're all like getting on the ship together. Cool. I hate you. <laughs> um, what's your least favorite scene? I think when, okay, wait, also another favorite scene is when, um, Keto and Milo Kita. are Keto. What did I say? Keto. <laughs> it's Milo and Keto. <laughs> you know, could you imagine if her name was Keto and then she was like made up of all the foods that you eat when you're doing the Keto diet? Fun fact: I hate the Keto diet. It's very annoying to me. I think it's a fad diet. I don't even know what it is, but I just... I tried know. it and got very sick. I could be wrong. Don't don't, don't email us about me saying that I don't want the keto diet. It works for some people. Okay, anyway, Milo and Keita, when they're underwater, like, and he's trying to, like, look at all the history underwater and stuff. I think that's that really cool. That was cool. cool. Um, but I think my least favorite scene is right after that when they come up from the water and the gang is, like, pointing guns at them. Yeah. Zero out of ten. Not very cash money of them. No. Yeah. What a phrase. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 18 of you. <laughs> yes. Um, my least favorite scene is when Wart punches the king. It makes him really Screw sick. That guy. But then one of my favorite scenes is uh, what we already mentioned was uh, Dr. Sweets taking care of the king. Yeah. Being very kind. So that was really nice too. Yeah. My least favorite scene is when Wart uh, punches the king and, and kills him. Actually, it's fatal. It actually ends up killing yeah, him. Yeah. It causes a lot of internal bleeding. By the way, a lot of people die in this movie. Like a lot, like they start off the mission with 200 people and there ends up only being like 30 of them and the crew that goes to Atlantis. Um, yeah, also, a lot of people die. What's up with these weird masks that they have them wear? Do you notice the that? The big ones? No. Oh, the gas all masks. All the soldiers are wearing gas masks. For why? Uh, I'm sure they had some reasoning behind it. Maybe they just didn't want to animate their faces. Budget. I don't know. Um, doesn't pertain to the storyline at all. Mm-mm. No, doesn't. I don't know. Um, what's your favorite song? I don't think there are songs in this there movie. The score was good, though. Yeah. I thought the score was good. Yeah. Okay. Was. Is this movie over or underrated? I think it's adequate. <laughs> you have any more thoughts? Um, Would you like to back any of that up with facts before I shred you? Tomatoes is agrees that this is a mid movie. Forty nine percent. It's pretty mid. IMDb is six point nine out of ten. Eighty percent of Google users like this movie. But I just feel like it's. I mean, it's like fun, but it's like irrelevant. I think you should pick a different word other than irrelevant. I mean, no one talks about it anymore. Well, they should. I think it's pretty okay that they don't. Okay. Well, I think the movie is <laughs> underrated. I think that this movie is, um, I think it's a classic. I think that it's got a great story. It's beautifully animated. Um, it's voice casted really well. Michael J. Fox does a great job as Milo. Um, and the rest of the cast does a great job. I think it's a good movie. Um, it's probably, honestly, if I'm going to get my, my uh, nostalgia bias out of the way, it's probably it is adequately rated. It's not like terribly rated online. Um, I just, I, this movie is such a sweet movie to me. I, I really enjoy, uh, it reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s. Like the same thing as when I watch Beauty and the Beast, when I watch A Bug's Life or any of those movies that came out in the, um, the mid 90s to uh, mid 2000s. Like I just, those movies just mean a lot to me because they, they are my childhood. Like I watched those growing up. So this is a movie that just means a lot to me. I was 10 years 
old when it came out. So this is a movie that I actually like. Even Toy Story. When Toy Story came out, even though I watched it on VHS when I was older, I was um, I was four years old. Yeah. I was super young when Toy Story came out, so I didn't really fall in love with it until I was probably, you know, eight or nine, like older after it had come out. But this movie, I remember it coming out in theaters and being excited about it because I was 10. And I was like, oh my God, this new movie Atlantis just came out. I want to go watch it. Like this movie was really exciting to me. So to yeah. me personally, this movie is... Um, is underrated. I feel like everyone could appreciate it more than they do, but it's probably adequately rated. It's a, it's a it's a good solid movie, but it's not gonna you know it's not up there with Toy Story and the rest of the the heavy hitters. Yeah, the, I will say too, this movie doesn't really feel like a Disney movie to me. It feels like it's done well, not by DreamWorks, but it's almost like a. Um, Treasure Planet is the same way. You're right. It doesn't have that feel. It doesn't have that Disney feel to it. It has like a um, what is it? Good. Like what? it's a it's a little darker and it's a little like a lot darker. Yeah. I don't want to say DreamWorks, but it's almost like has that like How to Train Your Dragon kind of feel. Like it just mm. How to Train Your Dragon does not feel like a Disney movie at all because it's not. And it's not, a, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's different. Um, but yeah, I, I do think this movie has a, has a starkly different feel than a lot of Disney's other entries in this time period. I think maybe like Illumin- mm, Illumination or Blue Sky. Yeah, has that feel to it. Or Warner Brothers, maybe. Oh, Warner Brothers animated film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely yeah. see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, it has some darker undertones. So it had like that heavy swing that a lot of the other movies outside of Disney does. So Disney rides like the middle line where it's like lots of comedy, a little bit of sadness, but it's balanced. Where like other film directors would do like wide swings. It's like you have a really, really funny moments in this movie and then really, really sad moments in this movie. Like lots of death and stuff. Which is like, it kind of takes you on this pendulum of like... You're saying emotions. this movie does? Yeah. Yeah. 180 people die, like, right off the bat. Like, this, that submarine sinks and people die. Yeah. Like, it doesn't show it, but, like, that happens. Yeah. I don't know. It's been weird, too, because it's not, like, a common animation style that Disney uses. No, it's very... It's Everyone's very pointy. You know what I mean? Yeah, their noses and stuff. Yeah. Everything's, like, pointy and sharp, where, like, most of the time everything's very rounded and very... I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Does you're right. Sense? Yeah, it was it was very beautifully animated in the fact that the colors were vivid and bright, but it had like the, the like people's chins were very squared and pointed. Milo's like, nose was very long and elongated. Everything was just harsh. Harsh. Even it didn't feel warm and magical like most Disney movies we know today to be. Like Kita you know? as the leading lady was still animated to be like a beautiful young woman, but she had very striking features. And everything was very cold. Cold. Her. her yeah, her lips were blue. Her hair was white. Like, it just felt like a very cooler tone and yes. not as, like, warm and magical and inviting. Yes. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I think you're right. I think it, this movie had a different feel, which maybe that's why I like it so much. Maybe it's just that kind of movie. It's, like, outside the norm, and so I enjoy that. I don't know. I do not. I know you don't. Okay. Um, I say mildly underrated. Courtney says adequate. Um, what's a theme from the movie to apply to your everyday life that our listeners can apply to their everyday life? I think just like what Milo stood for, like mm-hmm. not giving up on what you believe in because you never know when that wall is going to break down and you're going to be able to push through and actually like run to achieve it. You never know when that day is going to come where someone like Whitmore. someone or something opens that door for you to actually follow and chase your dream in its fullness. And I think if Milo would have gave up, if he would have just said, oh, I'm just the guy that works in the boiler room or I'm just the linguist. You know what I mean? Like, 
he and he didn't like gave up and didn't care. Like he could have, his parents died when he was young. His grandpa raised him. He could have let all of these circumstances like beat him down and change who he was. But he knew what his he knew what he was passionate about, yeah. and he knew what he wanted to do, and he didn't ever stop chasing it. Yeah, and I that's think that's good. so beautiful because oftentimes we can do exactly what Milo didn't do. We can let life beat us down. We can yeah let all of our circumstances affect us and never actually continue to chase that one true dream that we had. Now, I think we, as, as people, we have multiple dreams throughout our lifetime, but like if you let life beat you down and you don't get to accomplish one dream, it just is a domino effect and you're never, I feel like it creates this mindset that you're never going to accomplish any of your dreams. So you don't even try when in reality, if you just grinded it out, stuck with it, really pursued what your passions were like you never know what you can achieve did milo ever think he was actually going to find atlantis who knows like probably not honestly but he wanted to try yeah and i think that's the thing is that like we can't be a people that stops trying we have to continue pursuing we have to continue trying no matter what the circumstances are yeah i love that that was exactly what i got from the movie too but i'll just i'll I'll continue what you just said um something that's really cool about that kind of like mindset too is like the never trying like let's say milo lived his entire life and never found atlantis but he spent his entire life seeking it like his grandfather did his grandfather obviously lived a very exciting life yeah he never found atlantis but he lived a good life because he did it pursuing his dream Yes. He found a piece of it. Right. Maybe Milo only found another piece and somebody else later on. But still, like, it's like pursuing your dream doesn't mean you're actually going to attain it in its fullness. But what it does mean is you're going to live a life that's fulfilling because you're going to be chasing after something that means something to you. Mm-hmm. That's the important part of the mm-hmm. journey. You know, it's like I think about music. Like, would I love to be more involved in music than I am? Absolutely. But I'm still pursuing that in my life. And it's a very active part of my life. And I will, I'll never stop. Yeah. And one day, who knows? Maybe when I'm in my 50s or 60s, something will happen and it'll, it'll, it'll be a bigger part of my life than it is now but it doesn't mean I want to stop yeah and it, worst case scenario I lived my entire life and music was just a part of it and and instead of me giving up on it it's just a part of my life and when I die and pass away and move on to the next phase of life after life I can still you know we can look back on my life and say well he never stopped playing yeah. music he never stopped doing what he loved yeah he never got famous for it yeah these things never happened but still I think it's just live your life in pursuit of your dreams and whether you reach the goal that's in your mind it's still a beautiful life to live yeah that's I what agree. I got from him. Um, of course, it's a Disney movie, so he, he attained the dream. But <laughs> it's not real life all the time. No. Um, all right, cool. Any other thoughts on themes? No. Cool. I love that. The great theme. Um, okay. Uh, we normally do favorite movie drinks or snacks here. Um, um, and maybe, okay, wait, I'm going to go back. Maybe, like, vet out your friends before you go on a major adventure or something with them. Yeah, I think he was just excited, though. Like, he was, he was. I mean, and he wasn't the one to, like, vet out the people, but, like, maybe you just. Whitmore should have vetted them out more, A. And then, B, I forget this aspect of it, but Milo wasn't heading up the expedition. Milo was hired as the linguist. Yeah. Whitmore just hired him because he knew how important it would be to him, and he knew that he was the only person that could actually, like, yeah. know the Whitmore importance of it. Yeah, Whitmore funded it and started it. Yes. And he just, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think like, it's important. A lot of people may think in this movie, oh, Milo's like in charge. No, Rourke was in charge. He was the like commander of the mission. Um, Milo got to tag along as a linguist and they needed him be- for the book and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was good. But yeah, vet your friends. <laughs> Put them through hard things. I don't know. I don't know how people vet their friends. Just don't take a psychopath on a road trip with you. That's all I got. Yes. Um, favorite movie, drinks or snacks? Uh, 
Um, not our favorite, but I don't think we ate or drank anything during this movie. Nope, you just, I had, um... I mean, we ate dinner beforehand. I had spaghetti. I had uh, swordfish. It was very good, actually. Yeah. Saw my fish diet, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I had salmon tonight. (laughs) Um, No, I think we just did our normal thing. Like, you had, like, a seltzer or two, and I had, like, uh, a beer or two or a glass of whiskey or something like that. Like, super chill. Um, chill. Yeah, very chill. All right, cool. Well, um, that's it for me about the actual movie. You have anything else? No. Okay, cool. I love this movie. Go watch it. It's the best movie ever made. I'm kidding. It's not the best movie ever made, but it is a good movie. You should watch it. Courtney, why don't you tell our listeners before you call this movie mid one more time and <laughs> I flip this call. table over. Um, <laughs> why don't you uh, tell them about my f- movies that I picked for this month? Okay. The movies that TJ picked for this month are... Obviously this one. This one. Um... Uh, sorry, just got a really weird text message. <laughs> um, next Monday is actually TJ's for real birthday, and we're going to do Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Sorry, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. TJ should dress up as Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. And do the little run thing. I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, I can do it around the pool and like almost fall in like he always does when he's <laughs> running around. That'd be hilarious. Um, okay, and then after Pirates, we're gonna do The Fox and the Hound. I love that movie. I've never seen I it. I love The Fox and, I'm and the Hound. Not gonna lie, I'm also not excited. <laughs> You'll love it. It's super sweet and super cute. Oh man, it'll make you love Jeannie so much because okay. the main dog's a beagle. Okay, and then we're gonna end out the month with The Lion King, and we are gonna have. Um, special guest on for that so it'll be great it's gonna be a good time yeah super excited super super excited um cool any closing thoughts this movie's mid i'm gonna hit you (laughs) um why don't you um tell them the normal things in case this is their first episode where they can find us where they can uh, oh, yeah. follow um, us you can follow us on instagram at wish upon a sparks podcast for all the podcast things or wish upon a sparks for all the life things um you can email us if you want at wish upon a sparks at gmail.com and i think that's it i love it see you next week four Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm super I'm excited. So, I'm actually really, this is my favorite movie of the month, Pirates of the Caribbean. We both love this movie a lot. We've actually watched The Curse of the Black Pearl multiple times. So we're actually in the middle of actually watching all of them. We're going to have to go back and watch The Curse of the Black Pearl for this uh, episode. Yeah. But we've, uh, we're have we through one and two because Courtney's never seen all of them. So we're doing three. We're gonna, not like on the podcast just for fun. We're watching the third yeah. one. We're working our way through them. But we love these movies. They're fun. Yeah. All right, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Can't wait to see you next week for my birthday. Whoop, whoop. Bye, friends.